Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Eidelman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Eidelman Unplugged. Pastor Shane Eidelman joining us today. We're talking about an article, but even more than the article, about what it means to truly live a life that is marked out by biblical principles, that we're following God and not just what we think God is. Pastor Shane, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm so uh, happy with what you guys are doing there in your area, too, getting this message out there. We want to look at, because the the article talks about the Bride of Christ, and maybe we should just start there. That's some terminology that maybe if you're a new believer, you're not super familiar with. Let's define what does Scripture mean by the Bride of Christ? Well, my opinion, it's a very, it's, I believe it's even Old Testament imagery and being married to God. And sometimes we think of the sexual union, but there's something much deeper. It's intimacy. And so the bride of Christ is this, this group of people that Christ died for. And then obviously we, we know about the, the, the marriage supper, the lamb, uh, at the end of the, the time and joining the bride finally with the bridegroom so in that meantime we're called the bride of christ waiting for that glorious day so we're talking about the church big c yes Uh, Yes. all those that christ has died to redeem and have begun that relationship with him and uh, i'm just going to give a little heads up to mom and dads right now if you have uh, kids with you there may be a couple of words that not Wrong words that we get in trouble for saying, but the couple words that uh, are used uh, in this conversation that you might uh, want want to just guard guard their ears for, because Shane, the the reason part of the reason that your article and your blog post caught my attention is because the title was so provocative and the way that you began to um, challenge us to look at what it means to live out the Christian life, and the the title of the blog post was. Is Christ's church being raped? That is provocative language. That, But I know that there is a, a bit of a story behind how you got to the point of saying, hey, we actually need to potentially ask this bold and provocative question because of where we see the North American church going. Yeah, and I'm glad you set it up that way because I was recently at a Turning Point USA event. I was on one of their pastor panels. It was a big conference for pastors here in California. And one of the speakers uh, said the bride of Christ is being raped. And I began, tears began to well up in my eyes. And I went back to my hotel room with my wife and I just was just so broken over that statement and how true that statement is. And I was reminded of the Old Testament imagery. Uh, where God talks about their harlotry and and they've divorced God and they've rejected him in such strong language, uh, giving themselves up over to all these different things. And I I waited on that title for about a week and I prayed on it and, and of course, just sought God and gotten his word. And what I mentioned earlier is the more time I spend with God, you know, in the morning, especially broken, humble, repenting, getting my heart right, not wanting to be angry, letting the word of God just fill me up and just this overflowing a presence of God, the bolder I become. 
And so instead of instead of not wanting to release the article or choose that title, it was almost something I had to do. It was like, you, you know, you become pregnant with a godly desire. And so I think we, we have to wake the church up in these dire times. Look at what's happening to our children. Look at what's happening to our nation. You know, if not now, when? Uh, if not us, who? And so that's really what sparked that is to to really wake people up. The time for passivity, it, it, there has to be that deep hunger for God's presence and, and for, you know, would, oh God, would you rend the heavens and come down and visit your people again? That that cry, that desperation. Yeah. And, and for a, a lot of us, we may hear that title and we may say, okay, how would you even get to that point of being, uh, saying that? Uh, in the, your article, you talk about, well, to be raped is to be forced to do something against our will. And that is exactly what you see happening in the North American church today. Now, where? Yeah, yeah go ahead. How? That's what we're going to come back and answer in just a, a moment as we continue the conversation with Pastor Shane Eidelman. We want to connect you with him. Um, I got to tell you, his blog is one of my favorites to read. And so we want to connect you with uh, with Shane. You can do that by starting at our Facebook page. It's Don and Steve in the morning. You're listening to Moody Radio. Talking with uh, Pastor Shane Eidelman this morning. He is uh, one of my favorite bloggers, and we want to connect you with him. You can do that through our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the Morning. You're going to find the link right there. But we're talking about what it looks like for the church to speak up and to speak out boldly into culture in a way that is winsome and, and compelling. Um, Shane, you were uh, talking about the fact that so often the church is being forced to do something against its will right now. Where do you actually see that and how do you actually see that playing out in our country today? Yeah, man, Steve, that's a great point because I want to hopefully just briefly encapsulate everything. For my, my big concern is kids in the crosshairs. We see, you know, at university levels, at school district levels, uh, wanting to help kids with their gender journey as young as three years old or five years old. I mean, this is, this is, this is child abuse. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's no other way to, to frame that question. And I think Christians need to stop worrying about offending people and start worrying about, are we offending God by our silence? And, and, and we can say the difficult things in love. So I look at the children, the school districts, what's being forced upon them. I just saw today in the news, the ACLU that fought against castration for sex offenders is now allowing that same drug <clears throat> to be used on children who want to change their gender. So we are woke, but we're worse off and Christians need to wake up and understand, okay, there's, this is, this is serious business as usual. is not going to cut it anymore. And by that title, you know, that the bride is the bride of Christ being taken advantage of. And of course people say, well, Shane, the church has always been taken care of for over two or been taken advantage of over 2000 years. But the difference is I don't think we're in early Rome. We're not in the middle East. God has given America this incredible gift, at least for now, where we can actually acknowledge his word, honor his word, and put people in positions of leadership that fear him and tremble at his word, and then also pass legislation and protect people. Uh, so I don't, I don't see the parallels there at all. We have this incredible gift that we are not stewarding. So the fallout, the silencing of churches, the the, the abuse of children, uh, the mocking of God, and, and just we are calling good evil and evil good like never before. Shane, as we think about what you're saying, it could be understood as Christian nationalism. Is that what you're talking about? 
Yeah, that's, boy, that's interesting. Here's what I'm finding, because I've been labeled everything, as you can imagine. (laughs) And so the, the, the truth invites scrutiny where error will run from it. So you're not going to, nobody wants to debate you on the, on, on truth that you'll just truth wins prevails every time. So what they try to do is call you a racist. If you're talking about the dangers of CRT, where nothing could be further from the truth. We have a, a black pastor, our associate pastor, my right-hand man who preaches for me while I'm gone and love all races. And so, but they label you that, or you, you want to help the LGBT community via repentance. Well, now you're a homophobe and that you want to talk about <clears throat> our great history. Uh, although America has been marred by slavery, they don't talk about the Christians who brought slavery to an end. They don't talk about the founding fathers who abhorred the practice of slavery. So they have these agendas and what they do is they label you to demean you and to and to make your message look invalid so when you talk about what god has done in america and why godly legislation is important and why leadership is important look at the bad leadership in the old testament what it what it did to them and so people will label you white nationalist or christian nationalism and of course you have to be careful you don't want to drape the cross with the flag it, you know there's there's a clear distinction there but i think it's, it we can be proud about what god has done in our nation and the blessings he has given us and how can we steward this correctly and how can we be humble and broken so the thing what white what what christian nationalism is is it's all about politics it's all about pushing uh, political agendas and it, it's it's really draping the cross with the flag and the flag comes first american uh, proud americans and it, it's really this bombastic arrogant attitude but what i'm encouraging is a humble broken attitude that is still concerned about the direction of our nation we can engage others instead of slam them we, we you know he, listen to them versus angry tirades and so to me it's really a label uh, that people just use to try to silence you. However, there, there is, there, we have to be careful in that area. We don't want to send the right, wrong message either, if that makes sense. Sure. And one of the things that I think is very easy to do is for us to go down that path, to go down the path of um, wanting to, because we've been slapped with the label and we want to say, no, that's not me. We maybe err too far the other direction and uh, we're, we're now progressive or woke or whatever, or we remain silent and we don't engage. I hear you saying, Shane, that we need to engage, but we need to engage biblically we need to engage well i've seen a lot of angry christians i understand where the anger is coming from i really do see why people are so passionate and why that comes out in anger but i think we're called to speak the truth in love as we think about engaging in all these issues how do we begin to speak truth in a way that will be heard and not uh, and not muted or just dismissed because we're so angry well the good news is the solution is very simple but it's not easy what christians what the way we've always made a difference for two thousand years and how we continue to make a difference is to be filled with god's spirit and that involves time with God, seeking the heart of God to where I can repent of hard hardness and and repent of pride and through humility and brokenness, time with God in the prayer closet. And then from that inflow of God comes the outflow of listening and and respecting and understanding. But still, I believe we can be bold as a lot. Look how bold Jesus was. So see, the, the key is the truth will offend, but my attitude shouldn't. 
And there's a lot of anger right now, but there's not a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of people being ticked off, but not a lot of humility. Why aren't church calling for calling for all night prayer meetings or worship mornings where we can bear our hearts before God? Because God says, if my people humble themselves, not Hollywood or Washington or, you know, we, we can't we can't win that angry tirade battle on Twitter and lose the heart of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so it, so it is a balance because here's here's the truth. We let's have come to be back bold to right that, here. Pastor Shane. Yeah, let's come let's back, come back yeah. to the Perfect. truth that we are looking at in the tension of living the truth of God's word and still standing and not being silent. It's Shane Eidelman with us today. An article that he's written that caught our attention and will yours is on our Facebook page. Don and Steve in the morning, Moody Radio. We have put this article from Pastor Shane Eidelman up. Is the bride of Christ being violated? And it's a, even more strong language than that. I just, if you know me, you know that, but yep. we have put it there on our Facebook page so you can read the whole thing. The conversation continues though, Shane. And just before we went to break, we had to look at how we are humble, how we stay repentant and yet stand bold. I want to go to a statistic though, because I think we're operating maybe from a lack of information. Sometimes tell me what you think. If we have a two to six percent biblical literacy amongst Christ followers, how are we living the Christian life if we don't know what it means to live a Christian life? Oh, and you hit the nail on the head because what goes in comes out. So we wonder how how are all these churches embracing the woke ideology? How how where? What's going on? Well, it's directly related to, you know, knowledge of the Bible, because the word of God is living. It's vibrant. It's alive. It conforms you to God, your, his personality, his character, his nature. And so when we're, we lack that, we look like the world and not like we don't resemble Christ or the things of Christ. So that's why the church is going in a very direct, different direction is they have a, a wrong gauge. They're not using the gauge, the moral compass of God's word. They're using, for example, let's look at you know CRT. We have a problem in our nation, racism, but it's not a skin problem. It's a sin problem. So we have to change the heart. But we talk about everything but changing the heart. Or wokeness is really politically correctness. It's about not offending people, but by being silent, we offend God, and hence the need for the article I wrote. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things that I'm sure you've had people kind of push back on a little bit is say, uh, Shane, why can't we just kind of remain neutral on this? Can the, Does the church have to speak as boldly into some of these things? I mean, shouldn't the focus just simply be on the gospel, preach the gospel? Why do we need to talk about all the other stuff? Well, here's the interesting thing. A lot of people aren't aware of this. And the more I talk around the country and I realize this. You know, we talk about the fruit of the spirit a lot. We obviously know, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, but you can, you can do this on your own. If you do a biblical study in the old Testament and of course, in the new, the major number one characteristic of someone being filled with the spirit, full of the spirit is boldness, boldness. To what? Boldness to speak the truth in love and the boldness to, to preach the gospel. And what's happening is those people who are not bold in what's going on in our nation and confronting, aren't we supposed to expose the unfruitful works of darkness? Aren't we supposed to stand up for those who have no voice? Those who are not bold in cultural issues are also not bold in biblical issues. So they're not preaching repentance and the blood of Christ and the judgment to come and the, and all these, these doctrines are actually avoiding those. Things. When they say, I just preach the gospel 
it's often just an excuse to hide behind their cowardliness. And I don't say that being mean spirited. I say that just being truthful and honest. And that would be me. I would be a coward without the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I'm reminded that the silent pulpit is not God's pulpit. So on one hand, yes, we don't have to be politicizing everything and always political. And God does give us different callings. You know, I'm, I'm he's called me to be that voice crying in the wilderness that, that I love Isaiah and Jeremiah and but and somebody might have a different gifting, a different calling. So they're not going to be quite as bold in this area, of course. But we all need to be confronting what is going on. I mean, who's look look at our children or grandchildren in the face. Who who's standing up for them? And to say that Jesus would be silent when kids are, are being encouraged to change their gender at age eight or nine or ten. I mean, it, to me it just makes no sense. Um, but that excuse is being often used so people don't have to talk about controversial things, especially a lot of these big mega churches. They don't want to offend their audience. But have we ever stopped to consider that we're offending God by our silence? And, you know, that's my concern. Mm-hmm. Oh, Shane Eidelman with us today, pastor in California and written an article, several articles. We've connected you to him. Shane, as we think about boldness, I think sometimes we have made that a synonym to anger. So what is the difference yes. between boldness and anger? Well, uh, I wish I would have had time to pull. I'm working on a new article right now on that exact topic. And boldness, <clears throat> boldness is, I hope I can remember it, the truth of God coming from someone who has experienced God representing the character of God. And let, let's break that down for a minute. Yeah. The, the, the truth of God is coming through a person who's experienced God. They spent time with God and they're going to reflect the character of God. So we have this definition of boldness that, you know, well, that's, that doesn't really, you know, help people. It's kind of, it's actually doesn't boldness, true biblical boldness doesn't come from anger, even though there is righteous indignation. It actually comes from a compassion, a desperation. Oh God, would you rend the heavens and come and you're our only hope and we need a spiritual awakening. God, would you touch us? Would you change our hearts? And God of this nation needs you. And then from that comes the boldness to stand up for what is right and make a difference. And so, but anger sometimes prompts it, correct? I mean, you can watch a partial birth abortion video and that should anger you. And so that's, I think the difference is it comes from someone who is filled with the spirit of God, yet they're bold and loving and firm. And Jesus was, I mean, we forget he overturned money, change your tables. He did. He made a whip. He drove people out of the house of God because why zeal zeal for your house has consumed me. Yeah. So see that passion, that boldness. And, and so I think that's a big trick of the enemy. Say you can't be confrontational. You can't say anything negative. Just, just love, love, love. Well, well, well I'm going to pause you right there, Shane, because yeah. I, I think you're right. I think looking at Jesus as our model is uh, the, the perfect place to go. So we're going to look at how he did respond, how he stepped into uh, some of these things. When we come back, talking with uh, Pastor Shane Eidelman, we want to connect you with this article that he's written, as well as tons of others. You can do that by starting at our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the Morning. This is Moody Radio. Talking about how the gospel changes everything, that in, includes the way that we engage culture and the way that we proclaim the gospel. Shane Eidelman with us talking about how Jesus did that. Uh, Shane, we had to cut you off a moment ago. You were beginning to 
uh, help us look at the way Jesus engaged the culture and the people around him. And I think you were uh, getting to the point, like, Jesus wasn't a wimp. We may think that he was uh, all soft and love, like a right. little uh, cuddly teddy bear. That That's really not a true picture in the reality of Jesus. Right. And what happens, and I've been guilty of this, let's be honest, no matter what extreme you're on, you'll use Jesus to support your ideology. So those on the, let's say, the woke side, the, the just love your neighbor side and, and don't get political, don't stir the pot, they're going to use all of the verses about Jesus's, you know, attributes in that area. And then you've got what I call the mean tirade preacher. You know, he's just screaming. He's upset. He's, you know, that's where the, maybe the white nationalism or the Christian nationalism. And you've got this other extreme and they're using, they use all these other, you know, scriptures about, you know, Jesus, how bold he was. But you see, the, the problem is both extremes are wrong. You have to find that middle ground. And that only comes, and I hate to just keep saying this, but it's, it's our only hope right now is another spiritual awakening. People have to spend significant time with God. So they're full of God's spirit. So when they're bold, they know it's the voice of God. When they're, when they're, when they're, when they're just loving, they know that's where God's directing them. And so, but we do see Jesus. What, what happened when he was slapped on the cheek? Did he turn the other cheek? No, he confronted the guy. He said, why have you slapped me? And then he sees the religious leaders, you whitewashed tombs. Uh, like I said, he made a whip and drove people out of God's house. And I love what Leonard Ravenhill said. You have to weep before you whip. See, that's the secret. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Oh, my children, if you had just known the day of your visitation. And so there's this weeping. There's this, this brokenness. But then there's this godly zeal for God's word. And I... I just seeing God's word be mocked, seeing children being taken advantage of, that's a righteous, holy indignation. So I think it's great to, to, to balance that. But again, our, our the, the truth will offend. Our attitude shouldn't. You see, that's the difference. I can smile. I can say, I love you, but this is wrong. You're not going to push that on our children. I'm not going to allow that. And, and you have to find that healthy balance because... Uh, God is a bold God, bold for righteousness, bold for holiness, bold, bold for truth and zeal. So on both extremes, those who are angry and, and just look, look at their tweets. Look at, they got, they're, they're, it's just, it's just sad to watch some of these Christian leaders. And then you've got the other side who are just so weak and woke that, that they don't do anything. They don't stir the pot and both sides need to need to spend some time with God and be filled with his spirit. And then from the prayer closet, that time spent with God, then comes your calling. I mean, I, I wish I could get into my calling. I was in construction. I had no voice. I saw a partial birth abortion video in 2008. And I went back to my hotel room and I wept. I said, God, if you will use this voice, I, I will speak your truth. And at this point I had no ministry, nothing. I'm digging ditches. Yeah. And so God just, took this this broken person he, and he rebuilt him and from that brokenness we want to make a difference and that time spent with god is going to become the fire of the spirit think about this god's word is a hammer it's a sword it's a fire that devours and i think we never never want to forget that 
I think that you're hitting the nail on the head, Pastor Shane Eidelman, when you talk about the humility before the Lord in our prayer closet, time in his word, and he raises up the boldness. Isn't that what Paul prayed? Didn't he say, and pray for me also that I may proclaim boldly the message of the gospel? And that is truly the bottom line, is to be a Christ follower. We want the boldness to proclaim the message of the gospel, and that's hands-on. Absolutely. And I would challenge any listener, if you don't have a lot of time, you can just read the introduction, but read what every single prophet called of God did. They boldly, boldly called the people back to God, politically, economically, socially, sexually, in all areas, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum. It was this call to the nation to come back to God. And it was bold. It was in your face. It was convicting. It wasn't popular, but it sure was powerful. And God still raises up prophetic voices today. Mm-hmm. And he is encouraging us to come to him. And if you're weary, if you are heavy laden, as scripture calls it, you've got burdens you're carrying, you come to him, allowing him to take those and then embolden you to share with others what encountering Christ really looks like and engaging in sharing the gospel. Shane Eidelman has been with us. If you've missed any of this conversation, we encourage you. We will post it a little bit later. You can listen through the Moody Radio app or online, mymoodyradio.org. If you've enjoyed this episode of Eidelman Unplugged, Be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidelman.com. Again, that's shaneidelman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.